Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. May the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Word of God to which we direct our attention today is the Gospel for the day, Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. Your worship folder is incorrect on the page for this in the Pew Bible. It's page 1001. I'd ask you to rise out of reverence for the Gospel. Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 4, Pew Bible, page 1001. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is God's Word. Let's pray. O Lord Christ, my Savior dear, bless us and be near us. Grant us now a glad new year. Amen, Jesus. Hear us. Amen. Please stand. Of all the miracles that Jesus performed during his ministry, is there one that is your favorite? Is there one that you would like to see? How about his walking on the water of the Sea of Galilee? Have you ever wondered how that happened? Did Jesus clear the cresting waves like an Olympian hurdler? Did he skillfully slide from one wave to the next as if on a surfboard? We don't know. But no matter how he did it, he did it, and he really impressed his disciples. Before Jesus walked on water, he walked into water. That's the context, the event of our text today. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus went out to the region of the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist. So what's the big deal? The big deal is that when this happened, the heavens were torn open, and the voice of God the Father thundered, and the Spirit of God took flight. 
Let's take a closer look at this event in Jesus' life and ministry that we might better understand its meaning for him and in so doing meet the man who changes us in our baptism. Now, we estimate that Jesus was about 30 years old when he made his way to the Jordan River where his cousin John was baptizing. John had been looking ahead to this day, for God had revealed to him that he would reveal the Messiah through his baptizing. John chapter 1, verse 31. The reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Can you imagine how excited John must have been when he spotted his cousin Jesus standing in the crowd? Here in the flesh was the one that he was awaiting. Here was the one to whom he had pointed when he said, After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. All of that having been said, can you then imagine how confused John must have been when Jesus told him to baptize him. I mean, John wasn't worthy even to stoop down and untie Jesus' sandals. Maybe this will help. Imagine your rich uncle is coming to visit you. This is the uncle who has spent his life making millions of dollars and when he arrives, he puts his hand in his pocket and pulls it out empty and says, can you lend me 50 bucks to put gas in the tank? Could John have been wrong about Jesus? Could somehow John have been misled about his cousin, Jesus? Absolutely not. Jesus told him point blank that while he didn't need to be baptized by John for the forgiveness of sins, as all the other people did who were standing in line that day. It was the right thing for John to do. Matthew quotes Jesus and says, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Big phrase. Important phrase, to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? Was Jesus simply saying that he was going to be baptized to set an example for you and for me and for all to be baptized as he was? Well, there's some degree of truth to that. But it's not like this was an 11th commandment. You shall be baptized. Think of it this way. If you're out for breakfast with a friend and you get to the end of your meal and the bill comes and your friend takes that bill and tucks it under his plate while you're finishing off your coffee, what is he saying to you? He's saying, I'll pick up the tab, right? I'll pay the bill. You don't take it as a command, you take it as a gracious invitation. So Jesus, baptism, is God's gracious invitation for us 
that our sins will be washed away. Jesus didn't need to be baptized to take any sins away because he had no sins that needed taken away. Jesus once asked his enemies, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? So why did he insist that John baptize him? Jesus wanted John. Jesus wanted you and me. Jesus wanted all human beings to know that he was going to fulfill all righteousness. He was going to do everything necessary for, his, and for our salvation. Going back to that paying of the bill, Jesus giving indication that he would pick up the tab, the full payment of that bill came three years later when on Good Friday Jesus went to the cross and there paid that bill in full. But that doesn't mean that Jesus here was simply getting his feet wet to be our Savior. That redeeming work began long before this, part of God's plan in eternity, but in terms of time, Jesus began his work as our Savior when he was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary. That this is clear is proven by what happens as Jesus comes up out of the water. This voice from heaven thunders, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. God was not saying to those at the Jordan that day, nor is he saying to us today, that, hey, this guy is a chip off the old block. This guy here is my son. He was saying that Jesus had done everything right. Jesus was a perfect human being. Jesus had been a perfect baby. He never screamed to get his way. He never grabbed the toys out of his friends' or siblings' hands. As a teenager, he never rolled his eyes at Mary and Joseph. He never looked for ways to get out of doing the chores. He never was filled with lust for the girl down the street. Jesus was perfect in every way. And God the Father was giving testimony to that by what he said at Jesus' baptism. Yeah, Jesus is my son. He's been my son from all eternity. But he's also a perfect man, the sinless son of Mary, perfect and holy and sinless in every way. But now, by stepping in line with those who were waiting to be baptized by Don, John, Jesus was saying, I'll become what you are. I'll become a sinner. I'll become a sassy child. I'll become a lazy student. I'll become a whiner. I'll become a worrywart. I'll become one who holds grudges. I'll become a dirty old man. And I will let my father take all of your sins, all of your crimes against his will, and dump them into his heavenly basket, his heavenly dumpster, and then on Good Friday, dump them all on me. And you will go free. And you will be declared to be what I am, 
a faithful son, a faithful daughter, a faithful child with whom my Father is well pleased. And so that there would be no doubt about this, the heavens tore open. God indicated that that wall of sin that stood between unholy people and a holy God would be torn down. You know what happened on Good Friday, right? When Jesus hung his head and died on the cross, that thick, two-foot thick curtain in the temple was torn in half from top to bottom. That curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place in the temple. God was signifying to you and to me and to all the world that there would no longer be any barrier between himself and us. Now, I wasn't there that day, but I would think that this rending of the heavens and this thundering voice of God would have convinced John and those who were out there at the Jordan with him that Jesus was God's man for saving the world from sin. But the Holy Spirit got involved too, didn't he? The Holy Spirit appeared not as a flame of fire as he did on Pentecost Sunday, but in the form of a gentle dove who landed lightly on Jesus. Do you remember another time in the scriptures where a dove got involved? Post-flood. Noah sending out the dove, to see how far down the waters had receded on the face of the earth. And what did that dove bring back to Noah? He brought back a fig leaf, signifying that God's just judgment against the world had been satisfied. By descending on Jesus in the form of a dove, It seems to me that the Holy Spirit was declaring that Jesus is God's olive branch to us. For it's only in Jesus that we have peace with God. What an event Jesus' baptism was. And our baptism was no less an event. When water was poured over our head, when the name of the triune God was spoken on us in our baptism, All heaven broke loose. The Holy Spirit descended on us as he did on Jesus, and he proclaimed, This is my son, this is my daughter whom I love. The Holy God claimed us to be his children in baptism because in baptism God took away all our sin. The forgiveness of sin that we received in our baptism is as real as the water that poured down over our forehead. Listen to these words of God through the Apostle Peter. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. 
not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saved you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What comfort, what assurance our baptism brings us when Satan now questions our status before God. When Satan tempts us to sin, when he points to our grumpiness and denounces our lustfulness and condemns our greed, he then asks us, how in all the world can you claim to be a child of God when you do all of these things? We can claim to be a child of God because God has declared us to be in our baptism. In each of our baptism, God stood at the font and said, You are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. With you I am well pleased. Which, sadly, leads some to think, well, that I can live my life the way I want. I mean, if all of my sins have been forgiven in baptism, even those I have yet to commit, does it make a difference how I live? You bet it does. Were you listening today when God spoke to us in our second lesson? Did you hear the Apostle Paul when he said, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? The man Jesus has changed us in our baptism. If we find ourselves tempted to use God's grace as a free license to sin, we need to remember John the Baptist's entire message. John preached a baptism of repentance, not a baptism of recklessness. To the Pharisees, to the Sadducees who came out to the Jordan to be baptized by John, who weren't sorry for their hypocrisy, who weren't looking to change anything, John said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. If these guys had been genuinely sorry for their sins, if they had wanted the forgiveness that God bestows in baptism, they would have repented. They would have turned away from their hypocrisy. But since they had no intention of changing, God's judgment remained on them. So it is, when we excuse our back talk or the sass, sass that we give our parents, when we justify our grumbling and our gossiping about others, in short, when we take God's grace and use it as permission to sin, we're rejecting the forgiveness that Jesus has won for us. We're rejecting what he did for us by his death and resurrection from the dead because we're excusing away our sin. Maybe that's why God has brought us into contact with his word today. Whether we're at home worshiping or here in person, God has brought us into contact with his word that we can hear and heed what he has to say. 
that the Holy Spirit can use the message of God's Word to change us, to cause us to repent of our sins, to give up these sinful ways of living, and to remember that we are His children in holy baptism. My friends, we are God's children, not the devil's. We want God's will to be done, not Satan's. And so I remind you today that before Jesus walked on water, he walked into water. He walked into the water of the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist. What happened that day so many years ago revealed Jesus to be the Son of God, the perfect and holy Son of Mary, perfect and holy human being, and the one who agreed to pick up the tab for our sin and pay it for full, in full on Good Friday. Today, we thank God for our baptism. For on that day, we were introduced to the man, Jesus, who made us his brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. In fact, on the day of our baptism, all heaven broke loose. God the Holy Spirit descended on us, and God the Father said, You are my son, you are my daughter, I love you. With you I am well pleased. Rejoice. Celebrate your baptism. Amen. Now the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.